Um, so uh, this week we're doing as uh, Tuned In. And so we're in a series right now called Tuned In, and it's about hearing God's voice. I believe with every fiber of my being that God is speaking to every one of us every day of our life. The, Jesus said, Jesus, your Lord, my Savior, my Savior, your Lord. He said, my sheep know me, and they know my voice, and they follow me. My sheep know me, and know my voice, and they follow me. Why that's important is because if, if you're his people, then you have to learn how to hear God's voice. Now, hearing can be a difficult task to learn. Um, and we said it was a lot like hearing music um, because everyone here can hear music, but not everyone here can hear music. Does that make sense? Uh, and so, but you can learn it. Hannah Rich. So this is the key of D, I believe. D? Ish. G, G, that's the one. And so um, what I've learned is that you can learn the key of G. You can learn it more and more and more and more. The more that you tune your ear in, you can say, oh, I know that sound. I know that sound. I know that sound. I know that sound. You can learn Portuguese. You can learn Chinese. You can learn... Some of you can learn English. Uh, uh, <laughs> as Americans, some of us are way behind, you know? Uh, but what I've learned is that... Um, you can learn God's voice. And you can learn when God's not speaking. Uh, it'll sound off. Uh, uh, and to a musician, man, that's like nails on a chalkboard, you know? And what I've learned is that you can learn how to tune your ear in. And next week, we're gonna, we're gonna change this thing. Next week's sermon is gonna be about waiting and timing. Waiting and timing, waiting and timing. And this is one of the greatest warfares of Christianity. Thank you, Rich. Y'all give Rich a hand up. Hey, was the worship awesome today? I, 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 it was, oh man, so, it was so, so good. <laughs> See what I did there? Okay. I don't sing either. I just sing the notes. Okay. Oh, praise the Lord. Let's pray. Jesus, help. Amen. 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 Okay, cool. So as we dive into this, I want to recap just real quick. Uh, we said that the one thing that God is saying to every one of us every day is come. Come here, come here, come here. It's the very first thing that you should hear as a believer because when we start salvation, it's because God called us. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone would open that door, God is calling us to have relationship with him. This is the most important thing that's on God's heart is that you and him have relationship. And so this whole series is really not gonna be about what's it like to hear God's voice when he says you should sell your house and move to Minnesota or, or buy a boat or a yacht or like, like there are things that questions that you guys have right now that are like, like riddles. They are conundrums. And, and it is really difficult to unpack the word of the Lord. But there are words of the Lord that are even more important than the direction that God is telling you to go in. And you have to learn this because what's on God's heart that means more to him than where he is sending you or what he is telling you to do is your relationship it is so important to him. It's everything to him. How much is it to him? It's that he sent his son, his only begotten son, that who shall ever believe in him would not perish. You mean the world to him. And so more than what God is calling you to do, it's what you're calling to do him with. God is calling you to come. 
And then after, the, after you hear the words come here, he's, he wants to define to you what is healthy for your life. What does God enjoy? What does so many things like they, we, our mind gets fixated on the negative. All the things that are out of order in our lives. We think God is upset with us and God is not happy because we have failed or fallen short or we don't read our Bible enough. But I really believe on a constant basis in our life that God is defining to us what is good. This is good. This is good. This is good. And most importantly, it is good when you come here and have relationship with me. And I know this because I have children and anytime any of them want to sit next to me and not sit next to mom, it's the best. I want to look at her and just stick my tongue out on her and be like, they love me. They want to spend time with me. Because this is what's on God's heart is that he wants to have relationship with you. It means more to him than anything else. When you come here, it is good. And so God is calling you away and God is defining the things in your life that he does enjoy. And with all that being said, today's um, third word, I'm going to, we, we said good, we said come here, we said good. And the third word I'm going to teach to you today in the language of God is no. Uh, and so where, how does God speak? How, this is like a riddle, like, right? Does he, does no. Come, no, I, maybe he does. Maybe God speaks audibly to you, but we did. I do want to highlight in the next coming weeks, I'm going to define them more. But um, God speaks uh, one through his word. This is the number one way that God will speak to you. The number one way that God speaks to you is how? Through his word. Uh, and, uh, but God does speak audibly. Uh, but he, he does speak through the prophetic uh, or through the body of Christ, through, through wisdom. Uh, but uh, I do believe that the, probably the m way that I hear God the most, me and him, is, uh, is the still small voice. And, uh, and I, oftentimes people are like, well, I don't know if that was God. I don't know if that was God. Um, well, we're hoping to teach you some key words that you can tune your ear in on. And the more that you hear those key words in your life and you identify them, the more it will get more common to recognize, I don't know if that was God, because you'll find the rhythm of God speaking to you throughout the day. And I, my old pastor used to tell me this, that God doesn't speak to me here. He speaks to me here. It's deep down in my belly. And I don't know, it's like when you feel led by God, it happens deep down in here. And, and fortunately, it's been growing for me. God's been speaking to me a lot more over the years. And, uh, and so I'm just kidding. <laughs> My wife is super embarrassed right now. Uh, but um, I, what I've learned is that God speaks to me. When we're led by God, it's like something in our stomach is turning or pulling or there's a, there's a compelling. And that's all I can say is that like my spirit man is feeling led. And uh, that may make sense to you. It may not. It's not biblical. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that was pizza. Listen, uh, I think when you're trying to figure it out, you probably already missed it. But deep down here, there's a stirring. And uh, God, God will lead you that way. Does that make sense? Today, we're talking about when God says no. There are some, some things that are simply just not good for us. And learning these things can save us a ton of potential. Uh, when God says No. Well, it was important for us to recognize that, um, that we said that some things are good because of the way that our relationship is outlined um, and the way that we live. Before any parent would teach their kid no, they want to make sure that they've outlined what is good. It's good when I get to hold you. It's good when we get to spend time together. It's good for you to have a relationship with that person. That's a healthy person. But then as the kid grows up and gets a little bit older, maybe one, 
half a one, I don't know. There is a new word that parents will say, and parents will say that word over and over and over and over and over again. Is there any parents in this room? Uh, and no is like the word, oh man, no, 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 no. And, uh, and so, and it's mostly because children are curious. And so is the body of Christ. And, uh, and so I believe that the word no is not bad for you. In fact, you're going to see here today, it is so good for you that God would say to you, no, this is dangerous. And it will cause a lot of heartache and pain if you don't learn it. That's why we say no as parents, isn't it? Well, I'm going to jump in here to the scripture and we're going to go to Genesis chapter two. We read four of these verses last week uh, and I'm going to kind of outline them for a little bit here this morning. And we'll see where we go. We got two illustrations and a fun little video for you today, too. I'm really excited about it. The Lord God planted a garden in, 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 the, in the Eden in the east, and he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Are you with me? placed many trees, delicious, wonderful fruit, and two trees. One was the tree of life. One was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The Lord placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend it and to watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may eat freely because these are good from the fruit of every tree in the garden because this tree is good because this tree is good because this tree is good because this tree is good. What is good in your life that God is saying, hey, when you do this, it's good. Hey, when you clean, it's good. Hey, when you prepare, it's good. Hey, when you come up with a shopping list, it's good. Hey, when you come up, and it's good, not just because then you have food, but now you have more money, you've budgeted, you've got a plan, we're less stressed out, we're not eating fast food as often. Like there is a lot of things that is good that may not even seem spiritual in the moment, but it's good for your soul and it's good for your spirit and then it becomes good for your family and then it becomes good for your friendships because you're not stressed out and freaking out and yelling and does that make sense? There are some things that are good and the Lord said you can eat from every one of these trees, but there is one tree that I'm saying no, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For if you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. And uh, I can't tell you how many times in my life, uh, one of my kids were uh, wanting to do something and they looked at me knowing full well. I say, don't you do it. And so many times they'll just do it anyway. And I'm like, I will, you know, marker on the wall. Like just, I'm ready to do it, dad, you know? And I'm like, I'll kill you. Uh, and I, I remember the one time we had paint, we had a paint bucket we were painting and this thing had fallen and paint literally covered the whole room. It was on the bed. It was on the floor. It was on the wall. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> I told them no, and they should have known. It would have been good for them had they listened. Well, they didn't, and it wasn't. Um, but anyways, praise the Lord. We'll get to that another time. Uh, if you don't, you will surely, uh, if, if you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. One of the next verses, in verse 25, it says, Now um, the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. I love this. I love this, that they felt no shame. You know, if, if the things in our life was truly good, we wouldn't have to hide them. But many of us get a sense that something is wrong. 
And so we have like this other life that we're living or this, this substandard of something that is out of order or it's out of alignment. And, and we're just this one thing I have that's out of order. Maybe your spending habits. It may be your eating habits. It may be friendships. It may be a relationship. It may be, uh, I don't know what you got, but when we felt no shame. Hmm. Anyways, I was thinking about uh, what no shame looks like this week, and so I was searching the World Wide Web for a fun video, and I found uh, we're talking a lot about children this week and what it looks like to have, uh, to not just like, so if you don't have kids, this still makes sense, because at one point you were a kid, right? And you had to learn how to walk, talk, hear, recognize, and do things, and you learned what was good and bad. And so when God says, if you're going to become part of my kingdom, then you have to be born again. And he said, what's flesh is flesh, but what's spirit is spirit. And we have to learn how the spirit moves and who we are spiritually and what God loves spiritually. And uh, so as we're learning this, we're learning a whole new lifestyle. And so as a kid, I thought of, I found a video for you guys that I thought was funny. And in this video, what was really neat is um, so a lot of the words and sentences that God interacted with Adam and Eve are said in this video uh, and you can kind of get a sense of where this is going here in just a second. Check this out. <clears throat> Whose idea was this? I don't Did know. you think this was a good idea? <laughs> Look at brother's face. It's Martin paint. Who got the paint out? He did it. <laughs> Brother did? How did he, no? How'd he get it? He did he built with stairs, did he? He what? He built with stairs. He built the stairs? Yes, did he? With what? With blocks. With blocks? Yes, he built the stairs, did he? How come you didn't tell him no? Who's the big brother? You are. How come you didn't tell him no? That wasn't a good idea. Huh? Are you guys in trouble? Yes, Daddy. What, what, what should we do? You guys got paint everywhere downstairs. Yeah. Do you think you guys should have timeouts? You don't think so? You get the idea where this conversation is going. And it was, what was really funny was I knew that the sermon that we were going to go with. And as I watched the video, I'm like, whose fault was it? Hers. <laughs> She did it, you know, are you guys in trouble? Um, you know, and they're hiding fig leaves and hiding from the Lord. I just, I love it, man. This is a, it's a really powerful story. Well, let me read this to you real quick. And I have a couple of illustrations for you. And we'll see if we can define this for you. Now, the man and his wife were, were, were both naked and they felt no shame. But now, in, as we start off chapter three, it says that the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals. I'm sorry. 
of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say that you must not eat the fruit of any of the trees in this garden? What is so crazy to me is that this is, I know that I know that I know that God exists. How? Because his word is so real. This question is still being asked today. 6,000, 7,000, 8,000 years later, I don't know when Adam or Eve lived or what. It was. It's the same trick that the enemy is pulling on, on today. Did God really say that we can't do that? Yes, you know that he said that you can't do that. And you can tell yourself to your blue in the face, I don't know. But we know what God said we can't do. We can feel it in our stomach. We can feel it in our head. Yet we are bound to do it anyway. And we do it anyway. And we do it anyway. Why? Why is the infatuation that we have with knowing what it's going to be like? It's this curiosity thing. I have to eat the Oreo. I know that I'm on a diet, but I just got to... Oh, man, we're going to be in trouble. All right, here we go. So anyways, I have to keep going. Uh, it's the only fruit. Uh, so so uh, did God really say that you must not eat the fruit of the trees in the garden? Of course, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. But it's the only fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. And God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. And then this is what the enemy is saying again. You won't die. Come on. Doesn't that seem a little exaggerated? Like, you can't, you won't die. Maybe you, we will. And this is what I'm realizing is that. What is death? For all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, I get it. And, uh. Hmm. Let me show you. Uh, for God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will know what it's like to be like God, knowing both good and evil. Yeah, you'll know. You'll know what you're wanting to know. You'll know what's good, and you'll know what's bad the moment you try. The woman was convinced, and she saw that the tree was beautiful, and its fruit looked delicious. She wanted the wisdom that it would give her. And so she took some of the fruit and ate it. And she gave some to her husband who was with her. I'm going to stop there for a second. I'm, I'll come back to some of that. I, I was thinking about um, children and uh, how difficult it is for us. And uh, to understand no means no. Let's pretend that this is a, a timeline here. And... Um, you are born here, and you will die here. Well, as a kid, there's so many things that is, like, destructive that a parent will tell a kid, like, um, don't touch that, right? Why? I got to know what that pot feels like that's on the stove. And a parent will say, don't, touch, don't stick that penny in the light socket or don't. Uh, you know, it's funny. We brought a family in here one time, Bill, uh, Bill Mutz and Pam Mutz, our mayor. Uh, and, uh, and they have 12 kids. And so uh, they, they, they talked about how many times one of their kids did put a penny in the light socket. <laughs> and they go, no, they, they, it's fine. They live. You know, it's all. <laughs> now he just tells them, go ahead, try it out. You'll see. And, uh, and I just I thought it was the funniest thing in the world when he said it. Because for me, I'd say, no, let's not do that. But, but God has said many things in our life that, that is not good. And we'll just start simple. Uh, 
You know that if you, uh, if years go by and uh, you have a relationship with someone and the relationship doesn't work out the way you want it to, oftentimes we get hurt. And so it's important that you pick the right relationships in your life. Most importantly, are they godly? Does this person love Jesus? Why? Because if that's your vision for your life, if this person doesn't, that's, that's the greatest vision. That's the greatest moment of my life. Not the day that I get married, the day that I see Jesus. And if the person that I find that's attractive and cute and wonderful and all the great things, if they don't have the ultimate vision as me, we're not going in the same direction for the rest of our life. That's dangerous. You get in a relationship, it doesn't work out, now you're hurt. Well, you've changed the trajectory of your life. And now the next relationship you're gonna end in, you're gonna protect yourself a little bit more. And God doesn't want you to protect yourself from your spouse, from your boyfriend, from your girlfriend. You're supposed to be able to trust them wholeheartedly, but you have this hurt. And what happens when that relationship doesn't work out because you guard it yourself too much? Well, you, um, now you're angry at that person. You know that if you have anger in your life, we'd always say to your kids and they're little, say, you know, forgive someone or share. You know that people that live with anger in their heart live shorter lives? You're more likely to die younger if you're angry. You're more likely to die younger if you worry. Stress. And we say, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. There's a storm coming, don't worry. Be prepared. But you can't worry about, I mean, they, they, what does it change? It doesn't add a single day to your life, the Bible says, right? But we get caught up knowing, man, I've got to control this situation in my life. I've got to, like, and we're thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. Meanwhile, God's not worried about the situation that we're in. What God's talking to us about you're worried about whether or not God's going to solve the problem. What God's talking to you about is your relationship with him. Come here. He don't care one bit of what's going on. You're freaking out. How am I going to pay the bill, God? And he's, hey, come here. Let's hang out. Because what I care about is our relationship. Hey, you know what's good? When you stop worrying and you, and because it, it changes everything. It makes things better. And now all these other things go away. Does that make sense? A little bit, kind of. We can't see why he's saying what you're about to do is dangerous. But God sees the rest of our life. Now you look at a four-year-old or a five-year-old or a six-year-old and they don't understand why it's dangerous to ride their bicycle outside without a parent. Or they don't understand why it's dangerous to just start dating when they're 11, 12, 13 years old. But you do because you can see further than them, but they, can't, they don't have that vision yet because they're living in the moment. Many of us, you're not doing it wrong. You're just living in the moment. And you have to learn how to trust God when he says, this is good. This is not good. This is no, don't touch it. Don't do it because it changes the outcome. And it changed the outcome for Adam and Eve. And many of us are making decisions that's changing the trajectory of our life and he knows that this is going to hurt longer than you think it is. I'm telling you, if you live off Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, they are good. <laughs> but it will hurt the outcome of your life. Does that make sense? Like, and, but you can't, a kid doesn't understand that. But you understand that when they eat 
German chocolate cake in about 30 minutes. They're a good kid for about 20. About 30 minutes, it's going to unfold. Well, this is happening in our lives. It just as an adult, it looks different. What is it in our life that God is talking to us about? That's even small, a small thing. Maybe jealousy. It may be bitterness. It may be sharing, sharing. You know, like that thing that you tell your nieces and nephews, you should share. And here's God saying, you should share. And we're going, I can't, I can't share. My wife said this week, my wife is so generous and I, I believe I'm, I'm a real generous person. My wife said, hey, hey um, we're ready for the storm. There's some families that aren't ready for the storm. We got to get all the blankets in the house and we got to give them. And I'm like, we ain't giving away all of our blankets. We need those blankets. And it's like blankets we've, we haven't used in a long time. God's like, share, Tim. It's good to let go and be a blessing to others and stop being greedy. But we're, we, it's so hard to let go, isn't it? Why? Hmm. So anyways, you won't die, the serpent said to the woman. God knows your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. But the woman was convinced and she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she couldn't resist. Uh, there's a couple scriptures I wanted to go over with you that, are, that line up with this word no. You know what's funny about this word no culturally? It's not a popular word. In fact, uh, there's a lot of churches today that um, believe that if we, we can just preach uh, the word and just never talk about things like the word sin or things that are like wrong because we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. What's crazy about this is imagine if we were to have a child and we never told them no. We never told them this is going to hurt you. Or we never, well, this is what the scripture says about that. Proverbs chapter three, verse 11 through 13 says, my child, the father is talking to us. Don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves just as the father corrects a child in whom he delights. Joyful is the person that finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. Listen, it's good for us to know what's wise. Why is it wise? Because there are so many people that went down this road that it was dangerous. And you're like, look, I can drink. It's not going to hurt me. Do you know what the outcome is going to be of your life? And what if it hurts others around you? Or what if, and so I think so many times we're looking at the world standards and saying it's not a big deal. And the Lord's saying, no, it is a big deal. This is going to hurt. And you can decide, are you wiser than the Lord? Because many children, three, four 12, 18, believe that they are wiser than their parents. And they can see, like, oh, I know, I'm good. I got this, I got this. I, I, I don't need your help. I can do it on my own. And I'm just learning with everything in my life. I need God. I need the Lord. I need him to speak to me on a daily basis. I need to know what is good and what is not good. I don't need to know the outcome or when, how, if I'm ever going to have this fancy truck or this boat, or I don't need to know what the end game is going to look, but I need to know today, God, are we good? Are, are we on the same page? What is good and what is not good? What tree can I eat? Can I eat from this one? Hmm. 
And so we live in a culture that doesn't like correction and that thinks that everything is good. And this is not good. Oh my gosh, I have to go. I'm really far behind. Okay, uh, I'm gonna skip. There's a whole other passage in Hebrews that talks about the Lord's discipline. And he says that if you don't, in fact, get disciplined by the Lord, then you're illegitimate children. Imagine never being disciplined by your parents. It's because they're not actually parenting. We know a culture where there is no discipline coming from parents to children. This is not healthy behavior. We need boundaries in our life. And when we don't have boundaries, it's massively dangerous. If you look at the statistics of how many people are in prison that have a father in their household, it is crazy. I think it's like more than 85% of people in prison today don't have a father in their home. Discipline is good for you. So when God says no, he's actually saying, I love you, please listen to me. I, I have to keep going. I'm gonna read this next uh, verse here. And so verse seven, it says, "As uh, nope, verse six. So the woman was convinced and saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she, she wanted the wisdom that it would give to her. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. And she gave some of the fruit to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. And at that moment, their eyes were opened and suddenly they felt shame at their nakedness and they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. The moment it happens, there's shame. The moment you see it, the moment you touch it, the moment you go there, the moment you eat it, the moment they're instantly, crap, this is bad. What happens is the more that we do what is not good, the less we feel shame. It becomes normal to feel this way and it's dangerous. You have to understand if God is saying something to you, it is for your best interest that you understand. Don't do this. I know a little bit more than you. I have 7 billion people on the earth right now. I know how this plays out. Uh, Teresa, would you come? Uh, this is my beautiful bride. What's really funny, um, uh, when me and Teresa, um, when we started dating, I knew her for five, six years. Uh, but we went on one date in Daytona. Uh, some people that attend our church were there that night. And I went on one date with Teresa, and the Lord spoke to me. He did not say, this is going to be your wife, and you are going to live happily ever after. The Lord said one word, yes. And I came home, and I said, I, I'm going to marry this woman. The Lord gave me a green light. This is my wife. And how do you know that? Because I was single for years. And I'd meet a lot of cute girls, and I'd say, man, can I, Lord, please, no, 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 no. And it's like the key of G <laughs> over and over again. That finally, when I heard something different, I knew who she was. Here's what you need to understand about the word no. Also, from a father and a son, that's how we're talking about, but the other parallel that is more important, maybe even another parallel that the Lord would have, is the marriage that we are his bride, all right? And so we've entered into a relationship with the Lord. And whether or not you realize it or not, you want to love God. Well, you've entered into a relationship with someone that is not like anyone on earth. In fact, he is God. He's a holy God. And what's important you understand is there are things that I can do in my relationship with God that will hurt him. It hurts him so much that he had to crucify his son. There are things that I can do in my relationship with my wife that could hurt her. 
And what's crazy is the, how the enemy would say, did the Lord really say? Or, there are so many people, when I used, I used to work in a secular job, and I'd work amongst secular people, and they'd be like, it's okay for you to look at that girl. It's okay for you to do that. There is a world standard right now that says, it's okay. But if she saw me look at that girl, it would hurt her. And it would hurt our relationship. And what you have to understand is you've entered into a relationship that is good for you, but there are things that you can do that can hurt this relationship. And so whether or not it's your standard or not, you have to understand it's his standard because he is holy. And so there's some things that he's saying, hey, 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 I know what's good for the life that I've called you to live. There's some foods that you can't eat. There's some money that you can't spend. There's some things that you can't, there's some people you can't hang out with because it's going to hurt our relationship. There's some things you can't watch and you put it on. You're like, hey, my wife will never know I'm watching porn. But it will hurt her in a way that could be so damaging. You break trust and you break a wonderful thing. You have to understand that we have a relationship with a God that knows what's best for you. And there's some things in your life he's saying no about. Thank you, babe. I love you. In closing today, this is what happens. There was shame and there was nakedness. And in verse eight, it says, when the cool evening breeze started blowing, man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. Man, this is so many people that are stuck in this scenario. Listen, I don't know if you understand, but the Bible says that what you do in the darkness will be shouted from the rooftops. I've seen this so many times, it's not even funny. It's gonna come out. It's gonna come out. It's gonna come out because God cares about you. He cares about his relationship with you. He cares about your calling more than you care about your calling. He cares about the plan that he has for you. He cares about what he wants to do in you. So it's, you have to understand you're gonna get found out. I always think about this with this verse. Uh, it reminds me of like little, like playing hide and seek with a four year old. You know, <laughs> they're like hiding behind a, a stick. <laughs> like, they're not gonna find me. They're not gonna find me here. Like, all right. Um, and God, so God's walking in the garden, and he and he calls to Adam, and he says, "Where are you? Where are you? Listen, you can hide from your pastor. You can hide from your connect group leader." You can hide from your serve team leaders. You can hide from your, your, your spouse, but you'll never hide from the Lord. And Adam is walking in the garden and he's calling out to Adam and he's saying, where are you? Because I'm here to have relationship with you and you're hiding. There's something going on in your life. It's dangerous, it's bad, and it's harmful. It's hurting us. It's hurting me. And there's Adam hiding. And he says, why? And, and who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you should feel shame? You shouldn't feel shame. I love you. 